So a couple of years ago, uh, a video got circulated online. Uh, it became uh, quite popular uh, in youth circles of a young lady, I suppose she, well, she was a teenager, I suppose about 17, uh, from the west of Ireland, who met Ryan Tuberty at, it could have been the ploughing match, or some outdoor event anyway, and she was uh, in tears and very emotional and very kind of excited and intimidated and all kind of, all just a, a, a somewhat uncontrolled when she saw him. And, uh, and he went over and said, oh, are you okay? She was like, oh, I'm just so happy. I'm just so... And it was, it was kind of embarrassing to watch for her, actually, if I'm honest. But, um, but then uh, he just came over and said, oh, and he gave her a hug and she melted. She, she, she just melted on the spot. Like. Um, and it was just so interesting to see how someone can react or could react when they meet someone that they really look up to, when they meet someone that they uh, have a, a, almost a sense of, of reverence towards, you know? When they see someone who uh, they've seen so often on TV or they, they've, they've imagined what it would be like, you know? Um, all of us probably have, have heroes somewhere, maybe a sporting hero, a music hero, uh, some political hero, whatever, whoever it may be. And you can imagine, maybe you can, maybe you can't imagine what it would be like to actually meet them. You know, maybe you'd have, you think you'd have all these questions, but then when they actually walk in the door, you just go... And just actually can't bring yourself to say anything at all. When we think of God, when we think of God, we are but almost like insignificant ants, right? In comparison to this absolutely incredible, eternal, and divine being. Okay? So God has a difficult job because he wishes to communicate to us, even though he's very, very different to us. Right? He's, he's a, a completely different nature. He's a divine nature with a human nature. We have a fallen nature. Uh, he's perfect. So he has to try and find a way to communicate to us in a way that doesn't just blow us away, <laughs> in a way that doesn't annihilate us and yet to communicate the truth of who he is in a way that we can understand. Which, you know, if I imagine our goldfish out there, is there any way, have I any way at all of communicating to the goldfish what it's like to have a human nature? I've, you know, I've, I've, I've pointed out what the catechism is, and they just, they just don't get it. They, and I've, I've tried, okay? So how do we communicate things to an, a being that's just not, not like us? The, the, the danger is, is then that from, from our side, in order to understand God, we can pull God down. All right? And then say, so God, God's like us. God's just one of the boys. You know, God likes whatever I like. God wants whatever I want. And, and it's all good. So I've actually brought God down from his throne just to make him one of us. Now, that's not really the way it works. Because God isn't one of us. Even Jesus, who shared a human nature like us, also has a divine nature, unlike us. So it, it, it's not right for us, in order to understand God, to change God. Because you can't change God. No more than an ant can change me. You know, we can't change God. So God is the way he is. That's just an object of truth. God is the way he is. Now, I can try and find a way of, of getting to him and understanding him. But most importantly, he reaches down to us. Because if he didn't, we wouldn't stand a chance of understanding him or of ever entering into a relationship with him. We would never know him. That's why we have what's called divine revelation. God reveals himself. Because if he doesn't, 
we will never get our heads around him. We'll, we'll never be able to understand him. So God has to reveal himself. And when he does, I love some of these Old Testament passages. They're, they're so, uh, I think, rightfully dramatic. Uh, when we hear, for example, Moses, when he meets the Lord in, in, in the, the burning bush. The Lord said, do not come near. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And God continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses covered his face, lest his eyes should look on God. Okay, the point I'm, I'm, I want to make here is, is the idea of reverence in God's presence. Reverence, right? Moses covers his face, lest his eyes should see God in the burning bush. Uh, then in the first book of Kings, we have something similar with the prophet Elijah. So God wanted to speak to Elijah, but it's just the way scripture writes this. There was a great and powerful windstorm which rent the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the storm, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And a fire. And after the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the whisper of a gentle breeze. When Elijah heard this, he covered his face with his cloak and went out to the entrance of the cave. Covered his face, again, it's a sign of reverence, not to gaze upon God. Okay, so there are numerous examples in, in, in Scripture of when, there were, when God revealed himself, when there were episodes of divine revelation. The person who sees God doesn't go, oh, this is fantastic, you know, and they kind of, as such kind of just hang out with God. That's not the way they did it. They fell down in reverence and awe before God. So what about us? When we fast forward now a couple of thousand years to, to our own day. So a lot has happened in the meantime. Uh, There's the, the mystery of the incarnation, God becoming man, Jesus becoming one of us. That has happened. And Jesus has died on the cross. So heaven is now open and a possibility to us. So God wants to make himself approachable. He, he, like even the word tabernacle. Tabernacle means tent. So when the, the Israelites were wandering in the desert, God went with them as such, in the tabernacle, wherever they were, he was. Similar idea for us today. Wherever we start up a community or a village or we build a church and the Lord establishes his tent, builds up his tent with us, he follows us. Okay, so God is with us. But at the same time, God is not just like one of us. So sometimes, sometimes people look at... Um, a church and say, maybe, you know, is, is it really necessary to have, you know, brass and gold and, and nice things up here and uh, blingy vestments and things. See, all of these things, these aren't, none of these are for the glory of man. One day I will die <laughs> and this vestment will go to someone else. Uh, my child is as well. It'll go to some other priest after me. All of these things are for the greater glory of God. They're to glorify God, not for the glory of man. So when we, when we approach the Lord, I mean, thinking of, of, of the patriarchs, thinking of the prophets, how they reverence God. We should approach the Lord with such profound reverence. One day we will leave earth. Like one day we're going to die. That's just, not sure if you knew that. You, you knew that, lads, did you? Did you? No? Okay, you learn all about it at school. Okay. Uh, one day we're going to leave earth. Um, we're not going to be here. So what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen then is we will see God as he is. Now, on, in that moment when we see God, 
right? I think it's just going to be simply astounding, <laughs> just beyond what our mind can fathom or even imagine. It's just going to be like just, even when the Lord has revealed himself in, in scripture, he does so, like I say, through things that we can see and touch, like a burning bush or like uh, Moses when he goes up to receive the Ten Commandments, there's a cloud and lightning. So he uses terrestrial things to communicate. This is special. This is a kind of a unique encounter here. But in heaven, I think all those veils and masks and signs and symbols are, are lifted. And then we just have us and God. And what's going to be so astounding, amongst, amongst many things, is, is the fact that what God is, is a trinity. So what God is, is a community. God is a community. Three divine persons. God is like a family. And what makes heaven heaven is the love between the, the members of this community, the love between the divine persons, the love between the Father and the Son, the love which, which, from which proceeds the Holy Spirit. And then we're taken into that divine love for all eternity. So you're taken into God. So we have this dignity of being called children of God. And that's not just made up nice theology. It's what Jesus himself says. You know, it's what St. Paul reveals to us so often. Like, we have the spirit which makes us call out Abba. So calling God, not just Father, but calling him Dad. This, this is our faith. This is anything but normal. This is anything but regular. This is just mind-blowingly incredible. So we will see God. And I know we've seen jokes and cartoons of, you know, uh, you know St. Patrick gets to the pearly gates and meets St. Peter and, you know, all, you know, these kind of jokes, that, that's, not, that's not the way it is. We see God as he is. And in those moments, maybe we, we, we will as such almost recognize him because we have adored him here, because we have received him here, because we have prayed to him here. There's also a chance that we might get there and he might be a complete stranger to us. We go, Lord, maybe, yes, I've been to Mass, but I have no idea who you are. So it's a... This, this, this sense of reverence, we cannot ever, we should never lose that sense of reverence in a church when we receive Holy Communion, even when we, when we hear the Lord's word. Uh, reverence, it's absolutely key. Even in a marriage, it's, it's beautiful to see. We're, we're not so good at it in Ireland. Uh, Americans, if you ever met American couples like in their 50s and 60s, they still hold hands. <laughs> we don't do that in Ireland very much. Uh, but Americans get maybe just a little more confident about expressing their, their, their affection. Um, but it's wonderful, absolutely fantastic to see a couple in their 60s, 70s, 80s who still have reverence for each other. You know, the simple little things, opening the door, the pulling out the chair, uh, when, before they've sat on it, not just before. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just the, the, the oh, I, I, know, I know he loves a cup of tea in the morning. I, lo I know she loves the Ovaltine in the evening. And, you know, this kind of, they know each other so well, they, they just serve each other. It's just so beautiful. They still have a sense of reverence for each other. Conversely, when that sense of reverence is taken from a marriage, it's horrible. It's, it's just, it's, it's awful. Oh, there's the ball and chain. She's back. <laughs> you know, and like, then it's just like, it's so sad. So, so, so sad. So reverence, reverence is key in human relationships and absolutely key in our relationship with God.
Because you can still have a relationship with a God that we don't fully know. We can still love a God that we don't fully know. We can still love a Trinity that remains a mystery to us. We can still love him. Just like you can love a person who hopefully, part of which, part of whom, will remain a mystery to you forever. So the good Lord reveals himself to us. And he is a Trinity. He is a communion of love. And this is heaven. To be taken into this communion of love. So we ask the good Lord today, as we receive holy communion, may it be a foretaste to us of the holy communion which we will live in for all eternity. Amen.